0: Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Praise the Lord. Man, I love His presence. I love His presence, and I hope you've experienced His presence right there in your uh, living rooms or wherever you're at this morning. Uh, You know, a phrase that's been sticking out in my mind the last couple of weeks is faith over fear Jesus wins we put it on our uh, church sign and uh, it's just a phrase that we keep saying over and over around here but faith over fear Jesus wins and I I just been thinking a lot about faith lately Uh, and it's interesting it's an interesting word faith according to Hebrews is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen And this, of course, is our standard definition of faith. It is often our Christianese go to answer when someone is confused by what the word faith really means. And it's always good to start with scripture, but honestly, this word is much more complex than just one phrase. It can take a lifetime, a lifetime to really understand what faith actually is. Faith is more than belief. In reference to Christian faith, this word carries with it the ideas of absolute trust in the Lord, fearing the Lord to the point of emotional trepidation, and a continually growing submission to the fear of the Lord. And even this really only scratches the surface when you think about it. It's easy to say, I believe in God, and feel that you have a solid faith because of that belief, but authentic faith goes far past belief and it goes to the place of submission, fear of the Lord and total trust in him. Faith is more than belief. Even Satan believes in God. And this is to say that our faith is something we must develop and it's something that we must work at constantly And maybe a a silver lining to all this COVID 19 pandemic stuff is that our true level of faith is really exposed, isn't it? It's exposed. And I call that a silver lining because when our faith or lack of faith is exposed, it brings about a self awareness. And, friends, so many people in the church are not self aware, they're just not. They have fooled themselves into thinking that they are so strong in their faith. They, they have fooled themselves and, and everyone around them and it's partly due to the fact that they have compared themselves to others, especially in the social media-driven world that we live in. And they've used that comparison as a litmus test for their own level of faith. You know, it's really easy to find people in this world that don't have the same level of faith as you do, but that is not our comparison, church. Hear me this morning. I'm not putting anyone's faith down. I'm not saying that you don't have a faith or that my faith is somehow stronger than yours. I'm just saying that we need to be self-aware of our own level of faith. And that happens when we compare our faith to the standard that his word sets, not when we compare our faith to somebody else's. Jesus talked about faith all the time, church. Church. He talked about it all the time. The phrase, O ye of little faith, was first spoken by Jesus himself. And I'm sure that you've heard someone say at some point in your life, O ye of little faith. We throw that phrase around, but that is really the words of Jesus. It turns out that he spoke this phrase four different times. And that's, at least that's how many times the Bible records it. And with all that's going on in the world today, I wanted to look at these four instances this morning, and I think you're gonna be blown away by how relevant the Bible still is. It's a book written thousands of thousands of years ago, and it's still hitting us right where we're at and what we're going through today. I find that fascinating, and I hope you do too this morning. The first time he spoke it, O oh, ye of little faith, it was in reference to worry. He was saying, don't worry. What a word for us this morning. Found in Matthew 6, 25 through 44. Let's read it together. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And, church, what a great scripture for us. Don't worry. Oh, ye of little faith, don't worry. The meaning of the word translated worry here really centers around the idea of being anxious. Why do we worry so much? Jesus is calling us out here a bit. If we are consumed with worry over the necessities of life, then we fail to, uh, or we fall into the category of those with little faith. And I, I think that's pretty clear here. We don't have to be consumed with worry. And we are children of the Most High God. He loves us with an everlasting love. He would never leave us or forsake us. Church, faith in his ability to provide us with everything we need pushes worry right out the door. And I think if we're honest, our worry is generally not about the necessities of life. We worry about losing our excess and our abundance. And in America, this is particularly a problem. We have so much stuff, as I've talked before in past sermons. And for many people, the stuff actually has them. I think we're the only country, and I'm not ripping on storage units here, but I think we're the only country that builds storage units to put our junk in there. I mean, we have to build buildings just to put our excess in. It's crazy. We have so much stuff that we've just become accustomed to living with abundance. So much, in fact, that we don't know what it means to have to trust the Lord for the essentials. And my goodness, the the worry that is out there in regards to some of our so-called essentials has become almost ridiculous, as you well know. Essentials like cell phones, and I know we're using them a lot lately, but cell phones are not a necessity, church. We could get by without them if we had to. Toilet paper, Some would say that's a necessity. I don't think it is. It never used to be. I think we could get by if toilet paper was gone. And for many of us, it's it's starting to become more and more scarce as you can't even find it in the stores. Air conditioning, heating. None of these are really essentials, church. Not at this time of year. These aren't essentials. We could get by with much, much less if we had to. People all over the world get by without these. I I, I like this statistic, and I like throwing it out there, but 40% of all purchased food in America is thrown into the garbage. That is a sad commentary on a nation of abundance, that we're so abundant, we have so much abundance, that we just throw away the excess. And we we buy, and we buy, and we purchase, and we purchase, and and this, this statistic is just food, but we do that, and we throw it in the garbage? I wonder if that statistic has changed in the last two weeks, and that'd be a good thing if it did. I bet there are more families eating leftovers than there were two weeks ago. And that's a good thing. What we need to do when worry tries to overtake us is stop and remember the words of Jesus. You are more valuable, more valuable than the birds of the air and more important to him than the flowers of the field. He will take care of you. Let's have faith in him and his word and know there is no reason to waste our time worrying, church. Let faith arise within your heart and watch worry scurry back to where it came from. O ye of little faith. Second time Jesus spoke this, he was speaking in reference to fear. He was saying, don't fear. Let's look at the scripture, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And it says this, now when he got into a boat his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he, Jesus, was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? O ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? The meaning of the word translated fearful here centers around the idea of dread or timid. Life is a way of throwing us curveballs, church, whether it be within your relationships, your careers, your provisions, your schedule, your time, or a pandemic. Chaos tends to come out of nowhere when we least expect it. That's part of the reason it becomes chaos, because it's unexpected. And it's so interesting how we as humans react. I think most of us can remember times in our life when crisis happened and we reacted with a calm faith. And we can remember times, of course, when chaos struck and we fell to pieces in a second. Fear is such a liar It always whispers the worst case scenario in your ear. It feeds upon your emotional insecurities and the memory of every bad circumstance you've ever endured. It just all comes rushing in to remind you, oh, see how bad it was, it's gonna be bad again. One of my uh, most feared things among, or one of the most feared things, including me, uh, among people is the fear of public speaking. And this was so true for me in high school. I loathed getting up in front of a group of 25 and giving a speech, and I would work myself up into to a temperamental lather, if you will, in the days and the hours le- leading up to it. So fearful of what, I, uh, of what would be thought of me, of how people would react to me talking. I, I dreaded it so much. And usually by the time I was done with the speech, All the fear and dread I experienced leading up to it seemed so ridiculous because it wasn't that big a deal. Fear can be a feeling for sure that we have, but I want you to understand this. Fear is also a spirit, and it's not a spirit from the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and love and discipline. Don't be shocked when fear and worry play off one another to the point that you can't tell where one stops and the other starts. Let faith arise within your heart and watch fear's lies fall on deaf ears. And I believe faith can be so strong within us that our spiritual ears become deaf to fear's lies. That's our goal. That's why we build our faith, church. We don't need to listen to the lies of the enemy. We don't have to succumb to those kind of lies. Praise the Lord. So we've seen that, O ye of little faith, don't worry. O ye of little faith, don't fear. Interesting that these are the, the areas that Jesus was talking about when he said, O ye of little faith. The third one is like it. O ye of little faith, don't doubt. That's what Jesus was referring to the third time he spoke this phrase. Matthew 14, through 33 And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, saying, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Command me to come out to, me on the, out to you on the water. So he said, Come. Come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and, he, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? There's that word doubt. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And the meaning of the word translated doubt here has the connotation of wavering in belief or opinion. And the thing I find so interesting about this scripture is that Peter actually did walk on water. He walked on the water. He only failed in this when doubt came in. And doubt only came when he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the wind and the waves. I wonder in the midst of this pandemic, if if the church would focus, focus in on Jesus and keep our eyes off the waves of chaos and the winds of of news reports, if we too would walk on water and actually flourish in the midst of it all. I'm I'm, I'm talking flourishing spiritually speaking Physically speaking, emotionally speaking, financially speaking, and even in the effectiveness of our ministry, church, this could be the greatest time we've ever had to to win the harvest or to reap the harvest. This could be the greatest time for us to win souls, church. People are doubting, people are worrying, people are fearful, and the church of Jesus Christ has the answer. We shouldn't waver in our opinion about Jesus Christ and the rock-solid foundation that he is, it's exactly what the old enemy named doubt would want us to do. Do you know what I know? I know that Jesus Christ loves us with an everlasting love. I know, and I am confident in the fact, that he will never leave us or forsake us. I know that he is... Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. I know that he is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. I know that he is our ever-present help in time of need. I know that he is for me and not against me. He's for you and not against you. I know that he has plans for me, not to harm me, but plans to prosper me and give me a hope and a future. That is who our God is. And in the midst of all that's going on, church, I am confident in the fact that all these things are working together for good on our behalf, for those that love him. And in these things, I have no doubt Church, push doubt aside. And if you're struggling with doubt this morning, you need to start saying out loud these promises that are all in the Word of God. You need to say them and say them and say them again and again and again, out loud, until you drive doubt so far from you that it wouldn't dare show its face to you again. That's what we do with doubt. Oh, ye of little faith, don't doubt. Don't get your eyes focused on the wind and the waves. Walk on water, especially during this time. That's what the church of Jesus Christ does. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. That's who we are, church. And the fourth time Jesus spoke this, "O ye of little faith. He was referring to not relying on human reasoning. Look at the scripture, Matthew 16, 5 through 12. It says, now when his disciples had come to the other side, they'd forgotten to take bread. And Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Take take note of what he said there. Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 7. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand yet? Or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up there. How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And the meaning of the word translated reason here uh, means to deliberate through reflection or discussion. And, and church, for centuries, man has marveled and celebrated their own intellect, their own ability to think things through and hypothesize about meanings and origins and everything else you can imagine. Deep thoughts by mankind, right? God has given us intellect for sure, but this great gift we have been given has been an Achilles heel for so many. I love what Isaiah 55, eight through nine says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I've met so many people who let their faith stop at the point that they could have, that where they couldn't wrap their minds around some particular truth in the Word of God. I can't get my mind wrapped around it, so I, I just stop in my growth. Let me help you out this morning. If you can wrap your mind around God, then you are not by definition, or you are by definition, God yourself. I mean the very fact that we can't comprehend the extent of his existence and the depth of his love and the reasons behind why he allows bad things to happen and even why some experience miracles and others seem to experience disappointment. It's the very reason we call him God, because we can't wrap our minds around it. We get so focused on trying to solve things in our human thinking. And the answer is always found in Christ. Always. And that means we should go to him first, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the everlasting God. We go to him first in prayer. We go to him by opening the word of God and letting it speak to us the truth we need to hear in the moment. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. If you've been trying to figure out in your own human reasoning the hows and the whys and the paths through everything going on, I'm not asking you to stop thinking or using common sense. I think God gave us a brain. He gave us common sense for sure. I'm just saying lean on. Put your trust in the Lord, not on that human reasoning. Pray and seek God before acting. And don't be surprised if something beyond your human reasoning comes to pass. God is the God of the supernatural. God can take ashes and bring about beauty from it. We have to trust that, we have to believe that. It's the Word of God. It's time, church, to build up our faith to not lack in it, and be those of little faith. We've all seen too much. We've experienced God's grace and mercy too many times to falter in our faith. We've tasted and seen just how good God is. There's no turning back, church. There's no lagging in our walks with God. No, this is a time of building. It's a time of a harvest. And isn't isn't it just like God to give us such a great harvest in the midst of a famine, like we're going through. As Christians, we're not sentenced to live a life according to the chaos. We can live above it. That doesn't mean that the chaos isn't real or it doesn't exist for us. It just means we are not subject to it. We don't have to live in anxious worry or dreadful fear or wavering doubt. We don't have to walk in human reasoning and try to figure everything out. We just need to walk by faith and not by sight. Real faith is not proven by living in the absence of calamity. It's absolute security in the midst of it. I wanna I want say that again because I think it's important for us to comprehend that and get that deep down in our spirit. Real faith is not proven by living in the absence of calamity. It's absolute security. It's having absolute security in the midst of calamity. It's security in Christ, no matter what happens. It's living in the peace of Christ, which is beyond any human comprehension, even when the chaos rages all around us. I started this message talking about faith. I said that faith is more than belief. Authentic faith moves past belief and finds a place of submission to Christ. And that's what I really want to challenge you with this morning. Are you submitted to Christ? Has your faith moved past belief in God? And has it gone to the place where you're willing to submit to him, to come underneath him, Is that where your faith really is? Submission to Christ means that you give up the controls of your life. You begin to live according to His ways. And you can only do that if you have a real relationship with Him. How can you let Him lead you if you're not in an active relationship with Him that's growing every day? I want to be really honest with you. This whole thing, It exposes our level of faith. And I think if we're self-aware, if we pray for self-awareness, and we say, God, show me. Show me where I can grow in this, where I can grow through this. Show me where my faith really is. If we do that, he will. And we might not like what we see, Honestly, there's places in my life that I didn't realize my faith was as weak as it was. And I'm thankful for what's going on because it's been a wake-up call to me. I hope it's been a wake-up call to you. It's not that I didn't believe in God. It's not that I wasn't submitted to him at all. It just means there was places, and I think we all have them, church, places where we let worry and fear and doubt and human reasoning get in there. And I think Jesus is saying to us, In those moments, if we're honest, if we're self-aware and and we're willing to be honest enough, he's saying, oh, ye of little faith, you don't have to worry. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to doubt. And quit leaning on your own understanding, for goodness sakes. I think if we're honest, that's that's what God is saying to all of us today. Let faith arise within you. Because the great thing about being self-aware and knowing where those areas are that you could use some work is that this is you can work on them when you see them and you acknowledge them. Especially during this time. We've never had more time to pray, church. We've never had more time to, to worship him. We've never had more time to read his word We've never had more time to just spend with our families together in his presence. And church, that's what we ought to be doing. Building up our faith. Right in within our own households. This morning, I want to pray with you today. And all over, wherever you're watching from your cars or your on your phones or tablets or TVs or whatever it is you're watching. I want you to bow your head wherever you're at, every every person to bow their head right now. And I want to pray over you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your church. I thank you for a people that loves you, that wants to honor you, that has the right attitude, Lord, even of of, of being self-aware. It's willing to admit that there's areas they can work on. Lord, I thank you for that, people. And Lord, right now, all across the living rooms that are watching, I pray, Lord, that you would convict, and if there's anyone, anyone, that's noticed a lack of faith, if we fall under that category of O ye of little faith, in any of those areas, and we're willing to admit it and fix it with your help, Lord, would you just prompt them right now to lift their hands and say, that's me, I need to work on it. That's me, I need to work on it. And obviously, I don't see that hand there, and I don't see that hand there, and I don't see that hand there, but more importantly, God does see them. He sees your hands. He knows your heart. Lord, we pray right now that this would be a time for us, especially those raised in their hand, a time where we could draw close to you like never before, that we would not be like those of little faith who worry and live in fear and doubt and lean on our own understanding, but God, we would turn that around and we would build our faith up. We want to walk by faith and not by sight, Lord Jesus, through all of this time. And God, we give you glory, and we praise you even for what we're going through because we know it's drawing your church closer to you. There's a little bit of sifting going on. We're understanding, God, where we're weak and where we're strong. And Lord, I pray that you would take those weak areas as we give them to you, and you would begin to make them strong. God, we give you our hearts today. Be our Savior. Be our Lord. Come into every room of our heart and change us from the inside out. We want to live for you like never before, Jesus. Let this be the first day of the rest of our lives. And if there's somebody out there who's never prayed to ask Jesus into their heart, I pray right now, God, that you would just fill them with your spirit and they would know And they would receive you and accept you as their personal Savior. We love you so much, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for tuning in today. If if you made any kind of decision at all today, any kind at all, would you just throw something up in the comments. Would you uh, you know, text us or, or any one of the platforms that we have, YouTube, Facebook, or our website, and just comment and let us know. We want to be praying for you and we want to know that, uh, that this, this message went out and, and blessed you this morning. And you know, I, I just want to say this. Faith over fear, Jesus wins. Faith over fear Jesus wins. And I think we need to remind each other of that over and over again. God bless you. Keep in touch with us on Facebook. We put out announcements weekly. We love you. And uh, you have an awesome, awesome week. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.